Hello, everybody. It is... Okay, well, first off, it is the unusual podcast for Mission of Podcasts. My name is Anthony, to be honest. I am the host. And usually we have these on uh, Sundays. But because of time for a lot of us that can't do it. Um, but also because it is Father's Day. Also because it's money in the bank as well. Um, we have decided to do it today, tonight. And uh, we're going to talk about E3. It's going to be a little different show than usual, but uh, you'll find out in a second. But uh, as always, with me, it's other than Greg Dietz. Did you just say that one of the reasons we're not recording on Sunday is for a fucking wrestling event? Yes. God damn it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's wrestling's cool. Uh... <laughs> So, uh, just FYI, guys, uh, you may hear some noise on some of these clips. I need to mute them since I since I can. Uh, but uh, as you may see, that ten in the left corner of the screen. As we only got three topics today, top ten games. Uh, uh, what were top ten games we are looking forward to? Uh, as of thoughts on E3 f- uh, for this year, and then that's it. Uh, just because I feel like, if anything, top 10 games are going to be probably taken up the most of the time. And in an after show, we'll talk about games that didn't make the list. Because there were some games I was like looking through. I was like, fuck, I want this, but no, I can't fit in my top 10. <laughs> so there's, it kind of feels like making like your top 10 for game of, game of the year. It kind of feels like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's... It's, uh, it's, it's funny because I, the rule that we have is quite literally like, if it was at E3, then it can make this list. That was it. Mm-hmm. And if it does feel like there are so many good games that quite literally any of these could be... I mean, there's some that I'm going to say that won't be, like even a contender, just yeah. because of the type of game that it is. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of games that... Uh, I, I think I wrote down like 30 games. So yeah. what we're going to do, uh, just for the just for you guys so you know, is we're going to do our top 10 right now. And then after the, the in the after show... We'll discuss some of the ones that didn't make the top 10. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get right into it. I'm going to start off. We'll, right. we'll, we'll be short. We'll be short with some of these because I feel like if we, if we go on it for a bit too long, we won't get through it. Well, if we have, we have 20 and we divide 20 by an hour, that gives us math is not my strong suit. It gives us a half <laughs> an hour each. 10 divided by three is three minutes on each one. So go. All right. That sounds good. Sounds good. All right, so my number 10 game I'm excited for is Super... Wait, no, it's my bad. It's Smash Brothers Ultimate. It's not Super. Um, So here's... That's your number 10? That's my number 10. Here's here's the reason why. Okay. Uh, So Smash Brothers is fun. It is super fun. It's always always awesome, and it's uh, always a fun time when it's with friends or, you know, whenever it's presented in front of me. Um... I'm excited for what the new changes that are put into the game. I'm excited for the new characters they put in. Um, and essentially, this is the third strike form of Smash. This is this is basically them making the game better and better looking and everything else wise. The reason why I put it number 10 is because um, if it was put in front of me, I'll play it. But I'm not going out of my way to get it. I like to watch Smash competitively. Um, I'll play it casually, you know, uh, when I have a Switch one day. 
but like it's not something where I'm gonna be going out of my way to, to play it like on day one um, to get. But that's my reasoning for it. So, all right, all right. Uh, so my number ten now. Yes, now you're now, now you're. I, make sure, I, I just want to make sure you're ready for that transition. Yeah. Uh, my number ten is Cyberpunk 2077. So something about me that you'll know very quickly is that when it comes to fantasy or post-apocalypse, like it's not usually my jam. Like, I like Elder Scrolls, I like Fallout, but I don't love them. Where I usually live is futuristic sci-fi space stuff. That's where my interests are really strong. And the fact that this is like futuristic and it's a city, like it just everything about this game is, is what I want. Um, and uh, the fact that it's made by CD Projekt Red which are the guys behind The Witcher 3. Yes. And having played The Witcher 3, I'm stoked for this game. And uh, Alana Pierce of IGN, I follow her on Twitter, and she got to play, or no, she got to see an hour of the game. Like they took people into a room at different times and had and had the, gave them a chance to watch not only like video footage, but also like gameplay of, um, gameplay of it and and she said that this game not only will tickle a lot of people's fancies but also it'll uh get banned in australia oh wow <laughs> that's crazy. so she's like it'll absolutely get banned in australia so i'm really fucking excited for this game mm-hmm. and it's 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 funny that it only made my top it only made number 10 like because the rest I'll, I'll go through the rest but the other reason it made my top that 10 and not higher is because there was no release date for it there's we don't have a time in which it's going to come out like they said next year but it could come out after e3 next year so we'll see but go ahead you're number nine anthony all right so so transitioning into my number nine is okay it's indivisible and i have to say this with a grain of salt um or not grain of salt but like i gotta say this with um a, a, a special tag in our tagline that yes I am a big fan of Lab Zero. I play Skullgirls a lot. Um, I'm supportive of their games, what they do, and 505 games. Um, and I did back the game for Indivisible. So take it with a grain of salt. Uh, what you for you know what you may take this, but I'm really excited for Indivisible. I liked, I like the way that it, it, it plays, it feels, the combat system, and it's very it is very much a Valkyrie profile game that. Um, is very different and very different but very similar at the same time um the exploration the different uh types of characters in the game it's again another beautiful hand-drawn type of game it's really good i am really excited for uh indivisible and i cannot wait for it to come out so all right uh all right greg your number nine my number nine is shadow of the tomb raider so at the xbox conference they showed like a little bit of it but not a lot and then at the Square Enix like 30 minute video, they showed some actual gameplay. And it seems like they're going away from what, cause I I really, really love the, re, or the, the like prequel to Tomb Raider, her like first adventure, if you will. I fucking love that game, it was so good. And then the sequel expanded upon that by making Laura more confident in what she was doing, but she was still young. And, um, by the way, it's not Laura, it's Lara. <laughs> just so everyone understands. Um, and uh, the thing I didn't really like about the sequel, about Rise of the Tomb Raider, was that it really had an emphasis on 
like getting material and crafting your own stuff. I wasn't a huge fan of that. Mm. It seems like they've drawn away from that a little bit and gone more into like Laura just, oh, sorry, Laura just being a fucking badass, just being an absolute badass. So I'm really excited to play it. It also seems like it's still it's going by the idea that stealth is an option, not the definitive way you have to take it. Um, if a game ever has me play a moment where I have to be stealthy and then I fuck up and just the mission restarts itself, I'm going to be angrier and angrier. And it, it see, like Laura, this game has never done that. So, yeah, really excited about it. I can't wait to play it. It's, it's, and it's going to end the trilogy. Yes. I think that yes. I think that Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix will continue making Lara Croft games, mm -hmm. but this is the end of a specific trilogy in Laura in Lara's life before she starts to become what her dad was. And and fulfill that whole like what what it means to be a Croft. So I'm 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 stoked. Yeah. And I never was that interested in, in Tomb Raider games prior to Square Enix getting a hold of it. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, Square Enix have done definitely did a good job and this is definitely the end of this origin uh, trilogy to her. And when after this it becomes where she actually becomes the little craft, that little craft that people have known her for quite some time. So, yeah. All right. So my number eight uh, is going to be. Oh yeah. So hey, Cyberpunk. Um, so this was the game of the show that I've heard a lot of people talking about with uh, their E3. Um, like you said, uh, Greg, I'm, I'm very much into sci-fi myself as well. Um, and the stories I, I heard from a lot of people that were there at E3 telling me, or telling I wish I was there, uh, that were talking about exactly how the game is, exactly how it looks, what exactly is it going for, uh, mixing GTA, mixing Mass Effect, mixing Deus Ex uh, into one big thing. Um, funny, you know, side note, um, apparently Cyberpunk is based on an actual tabletop game, Cyberpunk 2020. Yes. So I didn't know yes. about that until recently. Um, it looks good. I there. It's, it's very, very ambitious, and I hope they can pull this off. But what I've been hearing and what I've been seeing, like it is. I yeah. It I, is trust, something. I trust. CD, yeah, I trust CD Projekt Red. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Same here. It is something special. What I've heard. So, um, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, I'll definitely keep an eye on Cyberpunk. Yep. All, yep. All right. Your number eight, Greg. My number eight is Gears Tactics, or Gears of War Tactics. Gears of War PC um, I'm a big fan of tactic games. So like the XCOM series, Mario Plus Rabbids, Final Fantasy Tactics. I love those games. Uh, it's really fun to play in a 3D space and have characters kind of like have different jobs, have different abilities, and you kind of plan your attack very strategically, but it's all condensed. It's all like one little situation. Um, uh, and you don't have to build anything, like, you're right into the action. And that's exactly what this game is. It's it's a tactics game. So I'm, I'm really excited to do that. Plus, I'm a big fan of the Gears storyline. I, I love the Gears of War franchise. I love the world that, you know, Cliff Blazinski and, and, and Epic had made back when Gears 1 came out. Um, you know, I, I've, I've played every single game of the franchise. Granted, there's only five at this point. But I've played them, and I've beat them, and I love them to death. Um, so I'm really excited that there's two brand new story-based Gears games coming out. One plays differently, another one that's traditional third person. Um, but I'll get to that later. Uh, so yeah, 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 I'm, I'm definitely down to play this one. I, I'm curious though, like, I know that it takes place 15 years before Gears 1, but like, is it at Immersion Day? 
Is it like right after? Is there some time after immersion day? Like I want, I want to. What city is it in? Is it in Jacinto? There's a whole load of questions I have about it, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to dive in. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, definitely. I mean, I, it's not my list, but I definitely would like to play it when it comes out. So. Um. All right, my number seven, uh, for top, uh, ten E3 games I'm looking forward to, uh, is uh, Rage Two. Uh, Rage was leaked uh, this past year, and uh, uh, many uh, obviously there was speculation as far as like what it's going to be. We haven't seen anything uh, Rage Two related. They were they did show uh, the trailer, the kind of teaser trailer of what it would look like uh, before before E3 happened, um, and then they went on uh, during the E3 uh, at the Bethesda press conference and showed off more gameplay. And from what I've what I've heard, like the gameplay is. Doom, but Bulletstorm combined, um, because they're kind of going for that over-the-top, kind of zany um, feel to the game. And when when I heard Bulletstorm, when I heard Bulletstorm, I really love Bulletstorm. That game is I, I love. It. It's, it's an awesome, fun game. So combined with Doom, with the open the open world of, of Rage Two, has me definitely interested in this game. And I, I and I, I am going to be looking more forward to it when it comes out. And it got me. It sold me. Like I'm, I'm in. I, I'm, I'm definitely in. It's not because of Andrew WK coming out and singing party song. <laughs> <laughs> so that was weird. <laughs> that was a weird. Yeah, it was weird. So, <laughs> all right, Greg, what is your number seven? My number seven is Anthem. Uh, as a Bio fan, a Bioware fan, um, I, I'm really excited for whatever they have coming out next. And this game seems like a departure from classic Bioware games, where they're very story-driven, very RP-driven, or RP, uh, RPG-driven. Um, this game, uh, from what I've been hearing from people at E3 when they got to play it, it's kind of a mix between... Um... <laughs> Sorry. In, in chat, we have someone making a joke about a joke that was made at my expense. <laughs> so that's what I stopped and laughed at. Um, uh, anyway, people that have talked about it said it's kind of a mix between Monster Hunter and, and Mass Effect and Destiny. The, the, um, the Destiny part being like, uh, the world kind of like fucked over humans and now they're trying to survive. The Mass Effect part being it in third person and the Monster Hunter part being the, um, you know, like the, the go to this area and and do a thing to get materials to 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 make yourself stronger kind of thing um normally i'm not into grindy games but i do love the idea of this game as a whole so i'm I'm excited to play around in it plus like uh, um uh people have been saying that the controls are really easy so basically like if you click the right thumbstick in you that's how you start to fly but if like you jump and then like tap A again, you'll just hover. So it's super easy to get in and out of like movement and stuff. Um, so I'm really excited to like play with that. And yeah, I think I think Anthem's gonna be a lot of fun. Cool, awesome. All right, so my number six is uh, yes, uh, SOS. Um, I can't believe pronounce the full name. Um, because I don't have the name in front sea of Sea of Solitude? Yes, Sea of Solitude. Thank you. Thank you for the assist there. <laughs> um, 
I love the look of this game. I love the I I love the, what they're going for. Um, I it it I guess I have to play Grime at some point. Like I feel like if I like what this is going for, I should play Grime. Um, but it very much reminds me of Limbo and how. Did you say? Are you saying Grime or I mean, Rhyme? Rhyme. Yeah, Rhyme. What 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 what, what game you told me that? I should go play. It's rhyme. Rhyme. It's rhyme. Actually, Josh has been. Josh just told me recently he's been playing rhyme. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so I, I, was, I, I was like, "What the fuck is rhyme?" <laughs> and then I realized that this company made made rhyme, and I was like, "Oh, he's trying to say rhyme." Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. I was so confused. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Uh. Yeah. I guess I should play rhyme, but um. Yeah. Like I. I really enjoyed the, the aesthetic. I like the idea where it's going for, and I like. Again, I, I like I love Limbo. I love Play Dead stuff um, when it comes to the games, and it just very much reminds me of that. Um, and it's something that I'm definitely gonna keep an eye out and, and look for for uh, for next year when it comes out. So that's my number six. All right. All right, that was quick. Mm -hmm. My number six is Division Two. So, quick story: Division One. Uh, served a very valuable purpose to me. I was stuck in North Carolina right after my first trip over there with uh, MAGFest and, and having the energy tank. But the problem was is that the money that was supposed to come in to send me back home hadn't come in yet. So I was stuck in North Carolina. I didn't have enough money. I didn't have $400 to buy a plane ticket, but I did have $150 in my bank account. And I needed something to play, especially with my friends, that I could play for hours and hours and hours and not feel like I was bored. So Division filled that void. Now, arguably, Division didn't have a lot of content. It was lacking content, very similarly to Destiny. <laughs> Destiny 1, I should say. <laughs> um, I would argue that the story was better in Division, but that's for another fucking conversation. Um, I did really enjoy... Like, the way that I played Division was I beat the game leveled up, did a bunch of strikes and stuff like that, and then I just kind of like roamed around the land as this high-powered character, collecting all the like random stuff that was on the ground to fill out the story. Um, normally I don't do that stuff. Normally that's not my bag, but I needed to do something, you know? So I think Division has like a warm spot in my heart, whereas other people got annoyed by it very quickly. That being said, when Division 2 was announced, I was like, yeah, I'll play it. I'll definitely play it as I liked the first one. But what they've announced for this one makes me excited because I fucking hate the Dark Zone in, in Division 1. hate the Dark Zone. Um, it looks like the Dark Zone is gone, and they're replacing it with a d different kind of PvP situation, um, which is really exciting. Plus, the the it's it's like... Washington DC, Valerian chat was screaming in chat that it's <laughs> that looks just like Washington DC, which is great because I think it needs to be accurate. It is a Tom Clancy game for Christ's sake. But there's like new addition things like there's a glue on the ground that stops players from moving, makes them vulnerable, which is really cool. Um uh looks like there's more to do. Enemies that aren't just bullet sponges like you actually have to strategically get behind them and knock something off their back to make them vulnerable. Um, there's going to be three expansions throughout the first year of the game that are totally free and then eight player raids which I'm stoked about like raids weren't even a thing in the first game so this is awesome um, I'm, so I'm really excited for Division it looks like it's four players this time instead of three Division 1 was three so that's um, not to mention that they have that, uh, that uh, free content coming down the pipeline for it too as well 
I, I said that. Oh, oops. <laughs> I said in the first year, there's three expansions that are free. My bad. Well, that tells me I'm not paying attention. <laughs> oh, oh, that's how that feels. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I just. Uh... All right. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for Division <laughs> Division 2. And that's why it's why it's, it's that's. And then keep in mind, this is my number six. Imagine where I'm going with the top five. Right, right. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Um, all right. So going into the top five portion, my top five, my fifth most exciting game I, I'm looking forward to is five so, golden ring. Sorry. <laughs> is so caliber six. Um, <laughs> I knew that was going to be on your list somewhere. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I actually got done watching um, a streamer who had... Uh, he actually had one of the Bandai Namco guys come over and bring a, a build from E3 to play it on stream for about a good, like, hour and a half or two hours. Um, it looks great. Like, it, I mean, like, every Soul Calibur game always have looked uh, good. Uh, so seeing this in action and how good it looks is, is awesome. But it, it's taken elements from other games, from previous Soul Calibur games, and put it into this one. And from what I've seen, it it, it, it looks good. It's it's fast. Um, the the mechanics of the game lend itself to new players, but also in veteran players as well. Uh, put it in, uh, put it in the pair system that you know you don't have to cost me. I keep, I keep saying that like if you want to sell your fighting game, if you want to sell any game, you need to market it like. Let me rephrase that, because <laughs> because the the Souls games don't have to market towards the casual player, because they're they're intentionally designed to be grindy. They're not grindy, but hard. Um, or like Cuphead, can definitely be marketed towards a certain audience that likes really hard games. Soul Calibur, on the other hand, absolutely needs to market towards people who love the technical aspect of a fighting game, plus just having fun with a friend. And so what you're saying, I think, is really brilliant that they're doing. Definitely, definitely. And I'm, I'm excited. Like, I, like it, is a, it is a reboot of the series, and it's something that they are... Well, it's, it's a soft reboot, they said. Um, and they're bringing... Well, it's, it's the sixth game. It has the number six after it. It has to be kind of a sequel, but not, like... I, I get it, but... Yeah, because, like, it's not... Because some of these characters are basically, like, the Soul Calibur 1, 2 characters right now, as we've seen for the most part. Uh, so and three because Desmazel is in there as well. As well. So, um, but I'm excited. I'm. Uh, it's been a while since I played a Soul Calibur game. It's been I forgot how long Soul Calibur Five was first released, but that's the last time I played a Soul Calibur game. Um, uh, last time I played a Soul Calibur game was when they had uh, Yoda and Link. Oh, uh, that was Soul Calibur Four. Yeah, Four. That's Four. Okay, that's when I last played. Yeah, I remember that day too because I I <laughs> I called. Uh, what was it? I, I forgot what it was called. I, I think it was like the information hotline or like, no, it, was, it might have been GameStop or some other uh, store I was looking for. I was, I was asking for Soul Calibur uh, 4 and the person on the other line was like, like, I didn't say anything, but I was like, I was, I was asking around for information about, you know, what other stores were open at this time. And she asked me like, straight up, are you getting Soul Calibur 4? It's like, yes. <laughs> she knew. <laughs> yeah. So that was, yeah. I'm excited. I'm pretty excited. All right, what's your number right. five? My number five is Super Mario Party. Um, so uh, I love the Mario Party franchise, and the past iterations have just been garbo. They're so bad, and it's not because they're bad because like 
the minigames suck, because arguably every Mario Party has had fun minigames. And I would even argue that the last Mario Party, Mario Party 10, had the, like, four players versus Bowser with the with the Wii U gamepad. Um, that was super fun. But at the end of the day, um, uh, it wasn't enough. Like, it just felt like it was lacking. And there was no competitive mode amongst the players. Like, it was like, all the players team up against Bowser? Kind of? It was very bizarre, and I, I just didn't think it was a very good Mario Party. Um, so the fact that this Mario Party seems like it's a return to what makes Mario Party clever, but also with new minigames, like, I'm super excited about that. Um, plus, how can you get mad at, ba at a Goomba trying to tricycle? That's true. Like a Goomba pedaling. Like that was fucking adorable. <laughs> Plus it's got yeah. it's got uh it's got an online mode that allows for players like this was announced later, but um it's got an online mode that allows for uh players to compete against each other in the mini games. Like a mini game sh like thing, I don't know. That's fun. Um it's got uh it, like I said it's got classic the classic mode, but it's also got like I don't remember the name of it. It was like Toads Take a Break or Toads something. But it's it's the stuff you see in the trailer that looks like uh, they're linking two switches together. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It's really cool. I yeah, like that. that's a separate mode. Like that's an entirely separate mode. Mm -hmm. So if you only have one switch in your house, you don't you're not going to be playing that mode unless you have a friend that brings his over. Toad's Tasty Taint. That's what it was called. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> um, but yeah, everything about this excites me. I can take it over to my nephew's house and. I could play with them. I would. I probably should buy another set of Joy-Cons before taking it over there. Um, thinking about it, that I only have technically three controllers. Uh, regardless, I can. I can take it wherever I want, and and everyone can have fun now. It's just I. I'm really, really fucking excited about it. Uh, plus, my buddy who like has parties at his house, board game parties. I know that he's gonna have Mario Party parties. And uh, his his wife Megan is very violent when it comes to Mario Party. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, like if you steal if you steal a star from her, she's just like you fucking piece of shit. It's hilarious. That's, um, that's so uh, that's yeah, I'm just I I love Mario Party. I love the competitiveness in it. I'm super excited about that. Yeah, I'm I'm actually excited for, for Mario Party. It wasn't my list, but I, I definitely was. It is a definitely game I'm excited for as well. Um, also for the fun fact, it is a super it is a Super Mario Party party game, not not what was last last game, more like you were all on the same um, right the, the same boat. Or That's why yeah, yeah. That's why I said return to classic form. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, moving on to uh, my number four, and that is it is. Give me a second so I can remember what it is. Uh, oh yes. Of course, um, Resident Evil 2 Remake. Um, I had a feeling, no, well, take that back. I didn't know it was going to be at the, at the Sony Press Conference at E3 this year. I know that Capcom said they were making it long ago. They were making an RE2 Remake. Um, we haven't heard from anything from them for a long time. So when they showed up at this press conference at Sony and they showed off Resident Evil 2, my God, it looks it looks so damn good on top of that when i, I looked actually i, I uh, afterwards i looked at some footage of uh, some gameplay of it and the sh it's basically the resident evil 7 engine but using it to enhance resident evil 2 um 
the characters and the graphics and how how good and detailed they can they can look. I remember one of the scenes in the uh, gameplay uh, footage was uh, this guy was on the ground, who was screaming, and Leon trying to drag him out. Half his body was um, was being uh, eaten, on, like kind of hit him behind like a like a metal curtain. Uh, you, you couldn't see what it was, but he, he was screaming, and like he's Leon's able to pull him out, and like as he pulled him out, like half his body was gone. Like his guts were all like on the floor, and he died instantly. But you could see the the intestines and and the detail of it was ridiculous. It's it's gnarly, but it was super cool. Um, it's really cool. I I, I it, it looks awesome. I will not play it because it will scare the crap out of me. But I will watch people play it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's well. I mean, my my history with like Resident Evil Two is that I, I that's the one I watched the most as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, uh, when Resident Evil was a big deal, which was when 2 technically came out, because when 1 was out, it wasn't that big, but 2 made it huge. Yeah. Um, you know, we had friends come over who loved to play it, who were really good at it, and they would play through the whole campaign as Leon, and then we played through the second part as Claire. And then we had, like, we had Ko's that did Tofu, and, like, another guy with, like, a big-ass bodysuit. Oh, um, uh, but, hun- uh, Hunk. Yeah, it's Hunk. Yeah, Hunk, yeah, 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 Hunk yeah. thank you, yeah. Um, so I watched a ton of Resident Evil 2. And uh, we even got, like, this special, special ending that, like, led right into Code Veronica and oh, 4. nice. That's awesome. Yeah, so there was, a, there was a lot that, like, that it did that I thought was really cool. And I'm really, really, really hoping that this version does that stuff. Uh, like, Actually, to kind of add on to that, they actually did announce that they're actually adding those features and modes that were in the original Resident Evil 2 game into this game. So you get to play as Tofu. You get to play the Hunk uh that's awesome that's so. really cool i mean it's, it's a terrifying looking game and i'm gonna be watching it you know through my eyes like this but yeah i won't play it the, f- the hell no will i play it <laughs> yeah hell no yeah, yeah. It, all lights on tv as bright as it can get so i can see every fucking dim corner like that's how i'm watching it oh definitely definitely i uh I got through the, uh, the the photo stills that I got from Capcom because I have access to the Capcom uh, uh, media site. Boy, the detail, fucking a. <laughs> I gotta say though, I'm really I'm really surprised you put it a this high on your list, but don't plan on playing it. Um, because we're living in a day and age where we can play and watch games. I I specifically put things on my list that I plan on playing. I I. I Very intend to play most of these games I'm about to play. I might play RE2, honestly. I did play RE2. Uh... Then why is this a number four? <laughs> because it's cool. I love it. It's awesome. It's cool. I agree. I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with you, but I didn't. I was not going to put it on my list primarily because I don't plan on actually playing it. I will. I will try both. I will probably get. I will try. I will try playing it, but also I will also will watch it too at the same time. So either or. Um, but yeah, it's cool. Can't wait. Uh, what's your number four? My number four is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Um, so uh, back when I was just starting streaming on Half Empty Energy Tank is when Ori and the Blind Forest came out. And I loved that game. It was just a few, I think it was like two, maybe three streams total. Played through the whole fucking game. Loved every goddamn second of it. Well, I didn't love the parts where you had to be super <laughs> fast. Those parts kind of sucked, but... Um, they were they were cool. They were absolutely cool, and I love the art style, the music, the the 
the feel, the spirit, the touch of cotton. I love it. It's so fucking good. Everything about Ori and, and the Blind Forest is good. The fact that it got a sequel is tremendously awesome to me. And look at these characters. Like, you're looking at them right now, or at least I'm looking at a delay, and they're fucking adorable. Yeah, it's Like, good. I'm so excited. And then at the end of this trailer, it shows what arguably is one of the most terrifying fucking visages ever. Yeah. Like, it's awful looking, and I can't wait to fucking experience this game. I'm so excited. Yeah. I, oh, it, it's so good. It's really good. I really need to sit down and play this game. I have it, the first one on my PC right now. Um, I should really just sit down and play it one of these days. But, yeah, this game looks good. Fucking A. It's a, it's a, it's a work of art. So. Yeah, this this is games as art, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I cannot be more excited for Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Mm-hmm. All right, my number three game uh, is ah, Spooderman. Uh, this uh, for okay. So for those who don't know, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. I love Spider-Man, um, and uh, seeing this game in action at, at E3 during the Sony press conference, it just looks great. The swinging looks very good. Um, you got, assumably, is going to be the Sinister Six that you got to fight against. Um, little alternate uh, variation on it on this game but uh that that aspect of it is really cool um the graphics obviously look great the combat is i mean it's they even said like it is yeah they very much inspired by the batman uh arkham uh, asylum and uh, arkham games that were very very similar and took that page but then enhanced it with spider-man to where like he can do several combos uh and bounce off enemies from one person to another it, it, it's really cool uh, Spider-Man moves like Spider-Man, and it's it's a game I'm really looking forward to. Obviously, for PS4. Uh, hopefully, when I am down there and have a job and uh, have money, I'll have a PS4 again uh, and get this. But I cannot wait for this game to come out. It's it's really cool. I, I cannot wait for what what uh, what's in store in the future. And Insomniac Games, man, Jesus, these guys are insane. <laughs> these guys are good. So. Yeah. All right. I'm not saying anything yet for obvious reasons. I know, I know. Uh, what is your number three, Greg? My number three is Gears 5 or Gears of War 5. I, should, I like how they just, they're taking off the <laughs> of war and they're just calling it Gears. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, like again, as I stated with Tactics, I fucking love the Gears franchise. I love everything about it. And the fact that like, spoiler alert, if you if you played 4 and you beat it, you know that like there's this big reveal that Kate, Kate Diaz's like grandmother has something to do with the locust. And so that's what this story is going to be about is her figuring that out. Um, but I love, I love the fucking character growth with all these new characters uh, with JD, with, with, with Kate, with um, the, the other guy that I can't remember his name for the life of me for some reason now, the son of the son of Marcus Phoenix. No, that that's, that's JD. Oh, okay. Um, I'm Tom of the black dude. I can't remember his oh, name. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, he was he was player two, if if you played uh, co-op with somebody, because mm-hmm. um, he's JD's like best friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, God, I can't remember his name. It's been a while since I played Gears Four. It's been a while regardless. since Gears Four, so yeah, understandably. <laughs> uh, but I just I love it. I love the world building. I love I love the extension of the of the universe. Well, of, of Sarah, I should say. So, very, very excited about it. And, and, and that's another thing. Just going to throw this out there. I love that 
that even Gears now is going to the extent of saying like, you know what? We need more women in leads. Yeah, like, that's I, very I don't true. Think, that's very true. I, I think that entirely the choice of making Kate the main character in this is to tell that story. I don't think it has it has to do with the fact that she is a woman and they're just like trying to push a woman onto us. I right. think it just fits the narrative just right. But the fact that she is the lead, I think is rad as hell. So I'm I'm stoked to dive the fuck into this game. Yeah, definitely. Like if we to look back at the Gears series, like Gears Four or Gears of War um was definitely a dude bro like over masculine type of game for quite some time and I think that the, uh, I don't I don't agree. I I, I don't agree. Want, I hate that mm, I, I hate that attitude. I hate that attitude because everyone says that but it wasn't a dude bro game. It absolutely wasn't. The the whole franchise has been incredibly sad. Oh yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. Yes, yes. The, just because the yes. dudes look fucking massive, which is ninety percent fucking armor, um, doesn't necessarily mean that they're dude bro. Um, the 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 visceral like uh, explosion of chunks and limbs and stuff like that. That's just because they wanted to make a gory game. Um, but if you the, the more you play of these games, the the less and less they become dude bro, just because of the story. Like, yes, and arguably in the first game, Marcus and Dom are, like, really good friends. And they have lines that are very, like, yeah, dude, let's do this. And then you run into fucking uh, Baird and Cole, and you're just like, well, that's even more dude, bro. But as that story progresses, and it gets to the part about it being father and son, and discovering sh about shit about your father you didn't know, and how much of a piece of shit he is, it becomes less and less of that dude, bro. By the time the sequel starts, it's just... It's not that at all. It, it becomes even less that because it, it now it has to do with surviving and and getting out of this shitty situation and then learning more about your family lineage or Marcus's family lineage and then the third game is just wrapping that shit the fuck up in a nice neat bow. You even like there's a moment at the end of the third game where Marcus is holding his father dying where his father's apologizing for all the errors that he made. Yeah, I mean, so, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. The, the story itself is very sad, very somber, and it's it kind of on the outset started out, or, or just on the on the outside, just like it looked like a Dubro game, like people in giant armor and shooting people and and chainsawing people. Like, yes, that is a that is just, from the outset. Yes, it looks like a Dubro game, but inside, like the story and, and I and I absolutely mature. I I absolutely hate looking at a cover by or looking judging a book by its cover, which is exactly what that is. That's that is exactly what that is. And people perceive that that way, so... Not all. Not all. Like, we, we know, but like everybody else who plays I the game... And Anthony, I don't give a fuck about those people. I don't honestly care if somebody from the outside isn't willing to look at Gears with a fresh coat of paint. It's not like I'm looking at fucking people who play Stardew Valley and assuming that they're just boring people. Or or going, oh, is are you really interested in... Um, God, I don't know, Splatoon because you like to look at little kids naked? Like, it's it's that same attitude, man. I mean, that's an extreme. That's really quite right. the extreme. Right, right. But, like, do I look at you, Anthony, because you're a fan of My Little Pony and think that you're a pedophile? No. I just go, he's a fan of My Little Pony. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. You see why I don't give a fuck about those people? Yeah. Because you wouldn't give a fuck about that person that thinks that way about you just because you like My Little Pony. Duly noted. Duly, duly noted. 
So that's my rant. Yeah. Hey. Hey, Ryan. How's it going, buddy? We're almost done with our top ten. <laughs> yeah. Came in, came in right in an interesting time, actually. <laughs> I just fucking went on a rant. <laughs> um, all right. Transitioning into my number two most anticipated game of E3 for next year is quite obvious. Doom Eternal. I love the hell out of Doom 2016. I, I love pretty much most, most of the Dooms, honestly. Um, and, oh man, I love Doom 2016. The music in the, in the game is fantastic. Mick Gordon is a god. The metal, yeah. the metal, uh, the metal head and, and the rock that he brings to the game is insane. Um, but Anthony, oh, Doom is just a dude bro game. If it is, and I'm a dupe, bro. <laughs> um, like it, like it. See what I hate there? Like it is a fast-paced game. You go from demon to demon in the original Doom, um, and you're killing. Uh, you're doing these awesome fast animation of kill deaths. You're, the, uh, you're, platforming to some degree, but like you're also just like tearing through levels and, and through demons, and it's really fun. And they, you know, with the sequel. They're bringing hell on earth. Essentially, it is essentially Doom Two, but it's it, they they call it Doom Eternal, but essentially it's Doom Two, um, which is awesome. I cannot wait for this game. I take all the time you need to, to complete it, but Doom Eternal, Doom Two, I cannot wait. It's it's and I came for the, I mean, I came for the live stream as seen on screen uh, at QuakeCon in on August tenth. So I am excited. Excited yeah, yeah, beyond that was, belief. That was a really cool. That was a really cool like thing for them to say because they didn't really have any gameplay for it. And I know that people really want to see gameplay. So the fact that we're getting gameplay at the end of the summer is really fucking neat. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm. Oof, God, I'm gonna. I have such a hard on. No, I Doom is. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think the cool thing about about Doom Eternal is that it, it takes place on Earth. Um, yes. yes. Uh, so something about like the Doom games, as you as you go further into the franchise, like eventually you do go to Earth. I don't remember which Doom it is, but uh, um, Doom Two. No, might have been one of the chapters no, in I don't Doom. Think, but I don't like, think Doom Two was on Earth. I think it was like later than that. But regardless, you do eventually go to Earth, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't remember how Doom Doom ends. Uh, Doom, but it, it, the original Doom or Doom Two? This new Doom. Oh, uh, the, the new Doom. Yeah, in, in New Doom, you basically what happens is that you you defeat the uh, the Mother Brain or um, I forgot the the big the big brain monster you saw in the trailer, um, and you defeat her, uh, and then you are sucked up into it like a spaceship, and that's where you're kind of held in place as Sam, Samuel Hayden takes that 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 artifact you took uh, to uh, like when you defeated the the, the two bosses. Uh, prior to the Mother Brain, and it, it unveils was actually it was a big sword, and it was actually Energon that he said he was going to use to complete his work. Um, and then they kind of you know cliffhanger from there, sent you back down. Um, so I'm okay. So yeah. it's not necessarily like the reason I was asking is because I was wondering if the end of Doom had you go into the idea of it being um, like it leading to Earth. Like you no. could be like you could finish Doom one and be like. We're going to Earth, like no. Nah. But it, it seems like that's not the case. So yeah, they, they, they didn't they did not hint at in the end of, uh, Doom, but boy, I cannot wait. Oh God, oh, I'm 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 excited. I'm are super... you are you playing on PC? Oh yes. Okay. PC. I figure as much. I feel like Doom is definitely a PC game. 
Mm-hmm. Because it was so fucking fast-paced when I played it on my Xbox, I had mm-hmm. a hard time keeping up with it later, mm-hmm. later in the game. And I was like, if I could turn faster without feeling sick with my controller, I would absolutely do it. So I had to stop playing, because yeah. it just got too difficult. However, I will say I fucking love that multiplayer. That multiplayer was super fun. So if Doom Eternal could have more of that, I would be happy. In due time, we'll see. We'll shall see. Well, what is your number two, Greg? My number two is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Now, it may come as a weird surprise that that would be my number two. But first and foremost, Nintendo's killing it. Nintendo is killing it with their franchises for the Switch. Not only are they bringing over some of their best games from the Wii U, a system that kind of failed. Um, nice. Nice with the video there. Yeah, my bad. Um, Sorry. <laughs> uh, but also, like... Uh, the fact that that Smash Ultimate has... <laughs> Wait, what's going on there, Anthony? There we go. It's fixed, it's fixed. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I see a delay. I see a delay for myself, but that was funny. Um, uh, but the fact that, like, first and foremost, this game seems like it's definitely in lieu with trying to make it more of a competitive game. Less of, like, that automatic tripping bullshit or uh, something else in that fact, but also still at the same time making it fun. I think a really, really smart idea for both casual and hardcore is making um, Ultimate Smashes, uh, like, instant. Yeah, I, I do enjoy that. Yeah, they made it much more easier on the on the, on the pad now. Uh, and, and, yeah, short absolutely. Jumps, and short jumps as well. So that's also fantastic. Yeah, yeah, there's, just, there's a lot of little, like, uh, quality of life tweaks with this game that I think really, really make it stand out. Um, I'd also like to point out to everybody, I fucking called it that it was a new game absolutely fucking called that shit so y'all can suck my chode um when i say you all i mean the people who disagreed with me but yeah i'm 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 really really excited about how how it looks i'm really excited to get like to dive back into this to this game um i don't plan on playing it hardcore like i'm a casual smash player i love doing like all items on and like like you increase the amount of times the fucking assist trophies come in. Like I'm I'm stoked about that or pokeballs. Um, I love the 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 fact that like a lot of these characters have alternate costumes that allude to something else. Um, but the fact it has every character that's ever been in Smash is really cool. And I know I know they said somewhere I know I read somewhere that at least five new characters are being added to Smash. We got Squid Kid, we got Ridley, so we got three more coming before December. We have to. I honestly, it just only it only makes sense. I honestly hope they end on sixty nine, just because. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> I would love that actually. <laughs> so uh, have you seen have you seen uh, Kirby's um, Squid Kid form? I did. Yeah, I seen it. Uh, it's it's my new Discord uh, picture. It's fucking adorable, and I'm so happy that it exists. <laughs> nice. But yeah, I'm I like again. I'm really happy to get back into this and play it. And from what I understand, like not only every character, I should mention this, not only every character is back, every assist trophy, every Pokemon, every stage, everything is in this version. This everything. is, yeah, the, the ultimate. Yeah, that's the title. Yeah, says. there you go. Yeah, there you it, go. it is so. the ultimate version. But yeah, I, I plan on doing like, like somebody like, I'm just streaming Smash. We're going to have fun. Like I'm going to fucking type in chat. Can I play? Can I have fun with you? So, yeah. All right. 
now we're going into the most anticipated game for both of us. I go first. My most anticipated game, as soon as I fix this real quick, is obviously if you've seen what happened to me. Oops, hang on. Sorry about that. If you've seen, obviously, what happened to me at this past year's E3 in the Microsoft press conference, you know that I was losing my shit when I saw Devil May Cry 5. Um, and yeah, I, it's my number one game. I cannot wait. I end up watching that trailer at least a good couple dozen times in the past couple of days, just ever so often. It's like, I'm gonna watch it again. It's really good. Um, I'm also, I also got like, I also like, I also figured out like who's who. It was like, oh, awesome. So Nero, Dante, and Virgil gonna be in it. Um, it's awesome. Anthony, it's really is cool. it Nero? Is it Nero? Is it is it the new Dante? It's Nero. It's got to be Nero. Is it new Dante? It's got to be Dante, right? Is it new Nero? <laughs> hey man, when I when I when I was that excited, I couldn't I couldn't think. I was trying to figure it out with like a half brain. Um, <laughs> but I'm really excited. Uh, apparently, this is the most ambitious Devil May Cry game that they are planning to make. Um, this is the end of the Sparta saga. Uh, but goddamn, it looks so good. Uh, it's it looks like the gameplay is gonna be just as uh, awesome and uh, and just as crazy as the previous games, um, and it, it's definitely it, you know that they have some, some cheese moments for sure in this game, but um, just just uh, it's Devil May Cry. If it doesn't come with cheese, yeah, well, then yeah. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's true, it's very true. Um, so I'm really excited. I'm really excited about the game. I'm really, really cannot wait for this game when it comes out. Um, and I'm definitely gonna be playing. I might, man. I, I probably would. I'm probably gonna plan to play the uh, Death May Cry 4 special edition on this stream before Death May Cry 5, just lead up to. But man, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, I think I, you know, I, I will say this. Aside from the jokes, I, I do think it's really cool that they decided to 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 deliver something that fans have really wanted mm-hmm. uh you know fans like yes the the new devil may cry anthony i know you said it's a good game um i would argue that uh it, it may have been a good game to play but as for story it was probably garbage primarily because it it tried to reboot a franchise that was already well established um i think having nero the main character for this is really smart just because it you know, it's not. It's not like oh, it's always Dante. Right. Um, right. Definitely. Definitely. So like, I, I, I'm really happy that fans are getting the Devil May Cry they want. As for me, I think I've only played the first one, <laughs> so I have no idea what the fuck's going on or why why Dante at the very end of the trailer looks a little weird. Uh, he's just he's an old man now. He's an old. He's he's old Dante. He's got he's he's, okay. he's, got, he's got a beard. Is Virgil still in the franchise at this point? Uh, yes. Actually, like somebody actually figured out that Virgil wasn't in the trailer. He's the one to cut. Uh, off, he's the one to cut off Nero's arm. So. Mm, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Cool. And, Greg's number one game for E3 is Spider-Man. Now, if you know me well enough, you know that a I love superheroes. B Spider-Man's my favorite Marvel character and see that I played ungodly amounts of hours of Spider-Man on the PS2, or Spider-Man 2 on the PS2. Um, that game felt perfect for sw- for web-swinging. That was the only... Like, you play it today, and it still feels good. 
when people who played this demo at E3 said that the swinging feels so right and so well done that all they wanted to do was swing around the city. There were people that played the demo and started swinging and they had only like 10 minutes and they spent the entire 10 minutes swinging around the city and did nothing else. It feels that good, which arguably is the thing that makes Spider-Man Spider-Man. Like he's called the web slinger, not because he's really quick with fighting or has the, you know, the spider sense, but because he has the webbing and swings around the fucking city. That being said, the combat looks incredible. I've never seen Spider-Man this good in a fucking video game when it comes to combat. So I'm, I'm beyond the moon about how well it looked. Plus, it's older Spider-Man. Is it older Spider-Man or younger Spider-Man? I don't it's, remember what uh, they said. It's, it's, it's Peter Parker and it's, it's older Spider-Man, so it's not... Older? Yeah. Like they, they said that they're not like gonna, he's more experienced. Yeah. Yeah. They said they're not doing the whole origin like every other story for Spider-Man is. This is just. Well, is. I knew they weren't gonna. I knew they weren't gonna do the origin, but like I, I had heard that it was an older Spider-Man, and I took that as it was an older Spider-Man because of how well he can use his weapon. Right. Right. Um, right. younger Spider-Man was still figuring it out and getting shit wrong. So, um, but he has gadgets out the ass. Like I'm just, it looks so cool. Plus, like. People just sat around on the tallest building that they could reach while they were in the middle of Manhattan and like looked in the distance yeah, and super cool. you could that's see, so awesome. you, yeah, yeah. You, you could see the Avengers Tower. So I'm, I'm actually really hoping that uh, Marvel is like a little, like a little bit like lenient with the shit that can be in this game, and then suddenly like next, like Peter just like calls up fucking Johnny Storm or some <laughs> shit like that. I fucking dude. I yeah. lose my mind. That's great. I, as far as I know, like they, I think only concerned with the Spider-Man universe of Sony because this is a Sony, uh, it's the Sony game and it's also a Sony product. So I'm pretty sure they're gonna keep it to that universe. I, don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly how how cre uh, how expanded and creative they can get with it. I want to say it's gonna be fine, but like I'm not quite sure honestly. So, but regardless, yeah, it, it's because it's, cool. it's it, it like that's there's a reason that it's exclusive to the to the PlayStation. Yeah. It's because Sony owns the the, the rights to the to Spider-Man, mm -hmm. um, but with Marvel and Sony having that that close knit you know relationship, I'm really hoping that Marvel's like, yeah, dude, throw the Avengers in there, throw uh, other characters that maybe you don't own. I'm really hoping Black Cat shows up in this. Yeah. Oh God, it'd be so cool. Yes, Black Cat. I'm just yeah. I'm really fucking excited about this game and and. Like this, the reason it's my number one also is because this is a system seller for me. Wow. I don't own a PS4 wow. and I need to buy the system to get this, to play this game. So. Wow. That's. <sighs> yeah. You don't, you don't hear that nowadays. You, you honestly do not hear the fact that people, I mean, there's still people out there who, who buy games specifically for, uh, or buy systems specifically for games, but you do not hear that talk as often anymore. What's really funny. And I want to throw this out there because Josh just kind of mentioned it in chat. Um, they, uh, a lot of people would sit there online and they were just like, oh, look at all these villains. It's really cool. And some people like, yeah, it's the Sinister Six. It's really rad. And some people like, it's not the Sinister Six because this character's not in it. Which I would argue like, you realize that the Sinister Six, like at one point was the Sinister Seven. And there were at least a solid 15 different villains that have been a part of the Sinister Six at different points. Like, quite literally, that name is, oh, there are six villains that Spider-Man has to go up against. That's literally it. 
Uh, that being said, I also I also am convinced that the that the person that that Peter's looking at is Green Goblin, but not Norman Osborn. It's um Harry. Huh. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. Hmm. Okay. Sounds so good. I think that because that would make for a really cool dynamic story to tell while people still kind of like know who Harry is and know that storyline, but like arguably this this game could be what Spider-Man 3 should have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh my God, look at that dynamic fighting. I'm just so excited. I about know, this game. I know. I've become looking at it too. It looks really, really fucking good. But that's our top 10 games for E3 that we are most excited for. Uh, for, this, for, uh, for E3. Uh, so quickly, before we move on to our next, our last topic, before we go into the after show, um, leave me a second here as I bring up the kind of B-roll behind me. There we go. Um, so, uh, E3 happened, we covered it, um, and, uh, we discussed our thoughts on the press conferences, we saw a lot of games, well, from afar, obviously, you know, watching IGN Yeah, a games, lot of games. IGN, GameSpot, and the other, uh, gaming outlet out there, um, and I kind of wanted to talk about just overall E3 this year and just kind of my thoughts and our thoughts on it real quickly um e3 this year was great i think that with the press conferences with exception of ea uh was fantastic it was those moments where you know this is exactly why i am a gamer like why i love video games and this absolutely and it justified like everything in that in most of the press conferences seeing the 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 games that are going to be coming out pretty soon seeing a few surprises seeing stuff that it it, it made me not to, not to be sappy, but it made me, like, really happy. Like, you know, taking me back to my... Take, not taking me back, but, like, just making me feel happy for the hobby that I'm, I'm in. Um, <coughs> yeah. Um, I completely agree with you. Like, the... Um, I, I, said, I kept saying that this was the best E3 in years. Um, I know that people shit on the EA and the Sony conference because the EA conference arguably was pretty bad, but... The, the, the PlayStation 1 didn't have any new announcements, except for maybe uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which, which was still announced last year. We just saw gameplay of it this year. Um, and that, like, Nintendo didn't really show off a whole lot of stuff. It was mostly about Smash or whatever other complaints. But at the end of the day, we saw games. Exactly. We saw a lot of games. Mm -hmm. We didn't have uh, um, uh, uh, ridiculous stuff. I mean, we did. We had Andrew WK. <laughs> That was ridiculous. <laughs> um, we did have a whole, like, let's watch two people play on their phones for 20 minutes yeah. situation. Yeah. We did have a dude come out and um, play a banjo, and then shortly after that come out and play the Japanese bamboo flute that I can't remember the name of. Mm -hmm. But it was still a really, really solid E3. Better than the past years. Like, every other year before that, it was like, oh, Sony was the clear winner. Or, oh, Nintendo did a better job. Very clear on that. This year, like, it's kind of a toss-up. Like, yes, we could say that the Xbox won because it had the most games. But, I mean, as you and I made the joke, like, the gamers win at the end of this. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, the, game, the gamers definitely won in, in, this, in this E3. Um... I, I, keep, I keep saying to people, like, if there was a, if there was something you were looking forward to that you were disappointed by, stop concentrating on that one disappointment and and concentrate on that thing that got you excited. You know, 
stop paying attention, not exclusively pointing at Insobiner in the chat right now, <laughs> but if you didn't like Fallout 76, there had to have been something else that you were excited about. Absolutely. So why why get mad about about 76? Why like concentrate on that? Mm -hmm. Like be disappointed. I get it. I get being disappointed by something you might have been looking forward to. But I feel like people online who who um you were later you're not angry about 76. That's why I said I'm not pointing at you, Josh. I'm just using it as an example. <laughs> um clarify that. Not pointing at you. I'm pointing at the people online that were 70, like 76 isn't an RPG. It's this bullshit survival game. Like those people. Um, why are you concentrated on that? Because I guarantee you there was something else at E3 that had to have gotten your interest. Absolutely. I feel like everybody was happy uh, taken away from this year's E3. Like I walk away with games I'm, I'm excited for and the games I was looking forward to and I got what I wanted out of E3 um, and then some. Um, and... The other things that I, that I keep hearing when I was um, listening to podcasts and watching these um, these gaming outlets talk about E3 is that E3 to them, as far as like when it comes to press, like they they're seeing it to where E3 is going to eventually turn to Gamescom. It's going to eventually turn to a PAX because uh, yeah, it has to. Yeah, yeah. They they uh, open up. They're just, they're just like second year doing open to the public. Ten years like, ago, Anthony. Ten years ago, you could be on the floor and you found like a booth area that had like all the classic consoles you could just play. Mm -hmm. That doesn't exist now. It's not there. Yeah, and that's something that it seems like E3 is going towards. Like uh, the uh, they they put out recently like the tennis numbers and it was like slightly higher than last year's. Um, and well, I don't think it'll ever not. I don't think it'll ever not be called E3 just because that's what people recognize it as. It's the same thing with Comic Con. You think comic you got Comic Cons about comics anymore? Fuck no. Right, right. It's 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 uh, at best. Um, what did I call it a long time ago? Um, uh, Nerdy Gras, Geek de Gras. Mm. Basically, trying to do Party Gras with not Party Gras. What is it? Um, the New Orleans cele celebration. M M Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. I was yeah. trying to do that with with Mardi Gras mix of that, but point is, I'm getting at is like. Geek Fest is Comic Con. Games Fest is E3. Yes, and they'll absolutely. never change their names, but that's absolutely what they're becoming. Yeah, and it, and I, for E3, I think they have to, just to, be, I want to say I want to say be relevant, but be in the in the eye of like the public, because like yeah 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 because like most of these companies don't need to go to E3. They can do their own event, and they can you know showcase their game and have the whole time in the world for them. They don't particularly need to do it, but. Blair, is that uh is that uh burgers con <laughs> but like uh yeah it, it is definitely an interesting direction that e3 is headed towards but it's also a very necessary one for for obvious reasons um but outside of that like i've yeah this is it's been it was a really good one it was really good <laughs> uh yeah 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 it was yeah like like i said we had a lot of games thrown at us and not just games that, you know, are coming out, you know, like in two years or whatever. Like, I guarantee you, like, Elder Scrolls Six doesn't even have a subtitle to it. No, that's... And I guarantee yeah. you it's at least two and a half years out. There were... There, um, there, it was crazy. In some of the press conferences, or at least when it comes to some people that was listening afterwards, like, they were talking about next gen. They were talking about the next console. I was like, what? Like, I mean, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't like, say it out loud, but they implied it. 
So it's like, oh, wow, they're already thinking about the next console already. I mean, like, to be fair, it's been, like, five years with, at least with the PS4? Or at least with this current generation of consoles. So it's interesting to kind of hear that talk and people are saying, like, it's, you know, it time-wise, like, you know, it's always, you know, four or five years that it's going to be a new console always comes around this time or around that time. Um, but people are still saying, like, there's still a lot of juice in these consoles. So before, you know... They want oh, to... I, I, I full-on expect next year both Microsoft and Sony to announce their new console. Um, but it won't be, like, a December release. It'll be a, you know, like, it's coming out at the end of 2019. We just want to tell you about it now. I guarantee you one of them is going to... Or, I'm sorry, 2020. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm going to guarantee you one of them is going to say, like, our con- our new console's coming out uh, in 2020. Yeah. That's, that's going to be... I feel that's gonna that's gonna happen. That's gonna, I feel it coming. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm also making a statement right now, Anthony. If we're still doing this show, doing this web stream in a year from now, and we talk about E3 2019, we are going to be the podcast, the stream that refuses to choose a winner. I genuinely hate that shit. I don't think, like why. Well, we, we, that? we, we, we on, well, we kind of did. But we did, we did, and I hated it. Yeah. I made that very clear when we did it. I, I, I hated it. Mm-hmm. I hate it because it's this weird idea that we have to choose somebody who beat out everybody else with their announcements. When at the end of the day, everyone's just trying to give us what we want, give us games that we want to see and play. Um, so why are we choosing a winner? Like I want each con- I want each conference to to put on a good show. I absolutely want that. And this year, minus EA and arguably Square Enix, they all put on a good show. Would you and, would you would you feel more comfortable giving them a grade then? Just like I still don't really like that. I feel like I feel like these conferences shouldn't be graded as if they're pieces of entertainment. Like their announcements like are we going to be going to to d20 and going hmm nintendo or nintendo sorry disney you really put on a a b grade fucking stage show no we're not doing that so why are we doing that here it's been a thing for quite some time i mean like i I like and i refuse to do it anymore anthony is my point all right well if you feel like that way that's fine like i don't mind either um this just try to be more different than other podcasts out there, other game outlets. Uh, I don't mind either if we, if we stop doing those, honestly, because I feel like, like you said, like these <laughs> these these other gaming, um, these other game game uh, press conferences are showcasing games that we're excited for, and like there's definitely games that we list off. Like yeah, we can talk we can talk about that until we're blue in the face, and I'm totally down with that. Mm-hmm. Like talk about all the games that were announced and stuff like this. This podcast I fucking love because we're not talking about whose conference was better. We're talking about the 10 games that excited us the most. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. Absolutely. absolutely. So that's what I want to concentrate on the games. I, I cannot emphasize that enough. Consoles aren't sold because they're fucking media entertainment systems. It's because of the games that are on them. That's, uh, Conferences aren't, yes, you know, yes. the, the E3 doesn't exist because Microsoft came out and said, we're Microsoft. It, it exists because of the games that are on the Microsoft system or the Sony system. That's why people pay attention to this shit is the fucking games. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so we cannot concentrate on who did a better show. Right, right. Because at the end of the day, the gamers won. That's pretty much what it came down to for this E3. Yep. At least how we feel. But, 
that's gonna do it for us. Um, like again, it, it, most of the stream was gonna be focused on just our top ten, our afterthoughts on E3, and um, pretty much yeah, we've actually been spending up most of the time that I was hoping for. Woohoo! So uh, before we go, Greg, where can I find you on the internet? You can happily find me on Twitter at ChubRockGeek. Tell me how much I'm wrong. Have an argue with me on Twitter. I'm totally down for that. I have no problem having a conversation with somebody on Twitter about how my opinion is not theirs or vice versa or what the hell ever. Uh, so please do that. Follow me on, on <laughs> right. Even if you just say wrong, I will respond. <laughs> wrong. Um, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can also find me on a podcast where I give my opinion as well called All Cued Up. You can go to allcuedupodcast.com. We have a new episode up right now. Uh, we reviewed season four of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and season five of Arrested Development. Um, uh, Josh and I had a very fun conversation about both of those. Uh, you can find that again on, on allcuedupodcast.com. Uh, when you go there, on the, on the left-hand side of the main page are a bunch of little tabs, and one of those will lead you to something that um, you can listen to the podcast on that is of your choosing. Awesome, awesome. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Defect of Naruto. You can follow work that we do at MissionStarPodcast.com. Sorry, sorry. Kind of burping the mic. Um, so before we go, reminder. Uh, well, actually, well, kind of reminder. Um, so uh, the, the Twitch stream will be occupied. It will not be by me. I will have VODs ready to play on certain days. But the people that are going to be maining main the Twitch channel while I'm gone, because I'm going to be gone for a month starting on Monday, uh, is going to be Greg and Ramen. They're going to take over the channel while I'm away, and they're going to be playing some console games off of their consoles, PS4 and Xbox One. Um, and yep. uh, they will be playing... Um, I already have, uh, just just for the the people that want to come and hang out in the, in the stream, um, I have... Um, uh... Oh my god, I can't think of the name. It's the Viking girl that has the uh, that has psychosis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um. Nah, I forgot. I forgot the name. Why can't I remember the name of that game? I know. Uh, I'll tip my tongue too. Uh, <laughs> Hellblade. Thank you. Thank you. Hellblade. <laughs> thank Fuck you. Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> I plan on playing that on stream. Um, I have the uh, um. Sega like like uh, Mega Collection thing or whatever the fuck it is that has like uh, a ton of games in it. Yeah, but final yeah. final streaming that a bit. Uh, yeah, it's as soon as Sacrifice. That's right. Um, I have a bunch of like uh, uh, games that I just haven't played that are just on the system. So I'll be I'll be playing those off and on on the stream. Plus plus here's the fun thing, for the replacement of the podcast. Um, every Sunday, we are going to be doing a Jackbox night. I'll be starting at about 5 p.m., regardless if it's fucking hot in my house. Um, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, so that's 8 p.m. your time. Uh, and I'll be going for a few hours, four or five hours. Uh, but during that time, come into the stream and go like, hey, Greg, what's your opinion on this news article? And we'll talk about that while we're streaming Jackbox. Awesome. Sweet. So, as he said, the Twitch channel will be occupied, and if I happen, I still have connection when it comes to some websites, so I can actually send games to both Greg and Ramen to play. Um, if I find a game that they, I should, I should tell them, like, hey, play this game on stream. Because, I'm down to do that, too. Because it's sponsored. Uh, but, yeah, 
that'd be cool. So but we need we need to keep the channel active while you're gone, Anthony. Yes, yes, exactly. And as as I like to point out, uh, when Ramen said it during this past E3, uh, we have to meet the quota. One Mexican has to be uh, still controlling the stream or the Twitch channel in some capacity. <laughs> so, um, so I was gonna say, uh, oh, so yeah, so uh, speaking of the podcast, um, so this for those don't want, wondering. Uh, this podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, Radio Public, and other podcast services out there. Um, and uh, when this comes back, it will be on Sundays at 8 p.m. on this Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash armationstarp. Um, and, uh, yes, it's a weekly news show. We talk about video game news in the past week. And, uh, again, we'll be on hiatus when it comes to the news. But, uh, yeah, uh, definitely check out the podcast when you definitely can. Um, the Con Over. Uh, which again, that's going to be actually a new episode will be up next week. Um, plan to record hopefully tomorrow actually. Um, and uh, we it is the kind of is a podcast about conventions about you know the bad, the good, the weird. Like you know, are they fun to go to? Are they not? Check out the Conover. It is on iTunes, Stitcher, Radio Public. Um, it's also in the podcast section of our website as well. I have to go check that out. Um, the Rolling Twenties is hosted by Jeremy Olson. You can see on the very far left uh, in the yellow uh, it is a podcast of lots of things of video games anime comic books mostly comic books but uh, it's kind of a whole just wide range of, of stuff and do one podcast it is called the rolling 20s podcast it is up on itunes stitcher and podbean and on our website uh, whenever it goes live on friday so whenever i get a new episode uh last but not least and i'll I'm going to make a note of this just to update it before I leave on Monday. But Down in Front is a podcast where we talk about movies. We talk about our thoughts on said movie, whether it be Deadpool 2, Star Wars, uh, uh, Specific Room 2, what have you. We give our thoughts on, on the movie and uh, basically tell you, you know, how we feel about it. You know, what's good, was it bad, for what reason, and whatnot. So... Uh, reminder, we do have an after show uh, happening uh, for this podcast, for the stream. So if you're here, you want to stick around, ask us questions, and kind of basically last hurrah for me on this Twitch channel for a month, uh, we could definitely do that and uh, just kind of you know chat it up, talk about stuff, whatever. And uh, yeah, that's going to happen. Well, after I, don't know if, I don't know if you'll be able to, but while you're out of town, definitely tune in and be in chat for oh, a little bit. I'll, 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 I'll try. Well, I, I, I will try. <laughs> I will be uh, knee-deep in job hunting mode for the entire month. So, um, But yeah, uh, and for those who are just here for the podcast, thank you for coming by and thank you for watching. And with that, we'll see you guys next time.